Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. Well, guys, we are back. Um, just got back from meeting uh, our counterpart, as we could call it, from this deal in the Midwest. And so we highlighted some principles that we use during the negotiation process. And so we just wanted to catch you guys up on Tell the Story. So, Nate, you know, what was it like? Well, what was your first impression when we when we arrived. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's set the stage for them. So we wake up at like 3 a.m., we get to the airport, we take a couple and a half hour flight, we get in, we land, we get a car, uh, all while doing a mask, wearing a mask. Uh, we drive now, what, two hours-ish, maybe two and a half hours, out to this Long time. Town. Yeah, to this town. And, and uh, so about eight hours after we started this journey, we pull up to this nursery and uh you know when we had set the meeting prior to traveling there you know the idea you know he invited us to meet with him at his office and you could tell from the couple initial phone calls i had with him before we went out there that he was older and you know some some of what we illustrated i think on the previous call you know you're gonna have to do a lot of this in person and so we um you know we pull up and his office is actually his family apparently owned a, a nursery business and um, so they own acres and acres and acres, and it was really kind of a run-down, like, flex industrial-looking building. Well, you know, you never know what to expect because landowners are, they have this implied sense of, like, very wealthy, very successful. And so you just kind of think if somebody owns a lot, like, lots and lots of acres, that they would present themselves a certain way, carry themselves a certain way, have a certain level of, um, you know, um, professionalism, uh, you know, nice offices and, and, and stuff like that. And that's just not always the case. <laughs> and so we were, um, when we show up and, and find that this, the meeting point office, you know, is in an older nursery, then it's, it's really surprising. And so I think, um, you know, and that's the crazy part about the whole thing is like when you have land, uh, when you have real estate, sometimes it's generational wealth and, you know, you get to live life however you want on your own terms. And that's definitely how this guy was living his life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we really kind of showed up without a lot of a plan. I mean, we had a list of questions and just some details that we kind of hoped to learn. But, you know, really, and I think it leads into kind of your first point is, you know, we just wanted to kind of go and and make sure they noticed the effort for us to kind of learn about him and his family and their story and how they acquired the site and why there was this old rundown restaurant on, you know, 20% of the site. And, um, you know, so I think, uh, I think it went, you know, really well. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing another series right now going through the book, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And it's all about negotiation. And, you know, the, the theme is what is splitting the difference? Well, you got view, if you like black shoes and your wife likes brown shoes, well, typical compromise would say, hey, let's just split the difference. I'll wear one black and one brown. And in that case, you have a far worse outcome 
than not splitting the difference and, and taking the whole pie, so to speak. So that's the premise of the book. And we've been sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously using these principles in our negotiations and kind of reflect. And this time it was, it was less intentional because this was just a meeting. We just wanted to meet the guy in person, face-to-face, build rapport, because we knew this was going to, but like we talked about in the last show, uh, you know, they weren't very excited with our phone call, and um, they were a little bit reluctant to talk about this over the phone, and we knew this was, you know, we could kind of tell this is one of the good old boys. He likes meeting people face-to-face, so we just wanted to make an introduction. Now, so happened that we were able to use some of the principles of negotiation that we had been learning. So, number one was let them talk, okay? Make them feel understood, and... A big part about getting someone to uh, it, it, doing a negotiation with someone requires a level of rapport building and getting them to know, like, and trust you, and that's done honestly just by trying to understand them. So we just let him talk. Well, after we met this guy, um, you know, we told him why we're there. We told him we want to talk about the building, obviously, but we just kind of let him do most of the talking. And sometimes it's awkward, really, really, but. If you leave, if you intentionally leave those awkward silences there, they will fill that space. They will talk mm-hmm. most of the time. Most people will. And what you do is you wait for key information. Um, one of the things that the book talks about is called a black swan, and that is something that you could never have guessed. It's a, an event that is very highly unlikely or, or a little bit unusual that you couldn't have predicted it on your own. And so during that silence, we did find a couple of black swans. So um, we let them talk. We made them feel understood. And then... He revealed to us two things uh, during during that time, which was that first of all he had inherited the land, which did, we didn't know that going into that, did did we? We did not. Yeah. So uh, we knew that his family owned it for a long time, but but I mean he he had to have been in his sixties, so I mean he could have acquired it, right? And that would have made just as much sense to to us as what we learned that that his dad had assembled it all. And, Right, right. Sit down to him and his kids. And so the reason that's important is because a lot of times it means they have less sentimental value, less emotional value tied to the property. If it's something that's inherited, they will be more likely to depart with it. So that was a vital piece of information. And the second black swan that we learned was that he doesn't plan on leaving uh, inheritance for his kids. <laughs> yeah, he made an interesting comment. And uh, I wonder how genuine he really was. Uh, what did he say he was going to get the book? Um, die with zero. Die with zero. Yeah, and leave it on his desk so his kids could see it. Yeah, and so uh, these are things that don't. They wouldn't have came up over the phone. They right. only came up because we went there in person and because we allowed him to speak and try to understand his point. And the reason that's important is because if you are, you know, in in this case, in this case, he's a fairly older. I would say closer to the 70-something-year-old range. And if you're buying a book, Die With Zero, then, you know, you don't have that much, you don't have as much time left to spend the money as somebody who's in their 30s, right? Mm. And so it signifies to us that there could be more negotiation, there could be more flexibility in the price than he was letting on Mm. originally. And I think the other thing that um, ended up coming out, one of the strategies that we we use was just not giving away too many details and so we in that kind of these are one of the same don't give away too many details and reference other decision makers right and it's funny because i think both of us were using this principle both us and him but in general in negotiation the more you refer to i me myself you know i want to do this i need to get this done 
chances are that you're it's less likely that it's up to you but the more you refer to other people well they them you know i gotta talk so in this case it's a trust between him and his children he's got a couple kids and he constantly referenced the kids you know they i gotta talk to them you know they like they like money you know it's not up to me blah blah blah. and we kind of learned that we we use that same principle too um, which is, I mean, in our case, it is absolutely the truth because this is an assignment from a healthcare operator. But um, yeah, I would just say on the topic of not giving away too many details. I mean, we were very careful in what we talked about, but also we did give away a couple nuggets to kind of get him emotionally connected with the project, you know, and talking about uh, that it was healthcare in nature and and some of the brand that would be associated with it. You know, he immediately. Uh, you know, started to reference his connection, you know, with that brand. And, and fortunately, it was a positive connection. You remember when he listed off the competing health system, he was glad that it wasn't the competing health system because the one guy he knows there went to the college that he didn't like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I think so I think the um, I think the key thing about the details is you got to kind of really balance, you know, how much how much you can say to get them to kind of really connect with you and want the project to happen, right? I think I think one of the things that I told you going into that meeting, you know, my goal was that when we leave, you know, we have somebody who wants to do the project with us, right? And here we are, you know, a few days later from, from going and coming back and he's already called me several times, you know? And so I think, I think, uh, I'm not saying we did a good job, but I think, I think one of our goals was that we did an you know, okay job. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a deal that is going to die a dozen times before it makes, right? We're going to have to go back out there several more times. At the end of the day, it will, even if we are able to do the project because of the amount of time and resource we've invested in making it happen, it is definitely a relationship deal for our client to just show that we did go above and beyond to make this work. But, um, but yeah, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a long. Long yeah, process. you know, during the process, the, uh, the conversation we had with him, we realized he had a, a very um, extreme kind of price in his mind. Like it, it, it was in mentally that he's very much overvaluing the price of the property, using comparables that were much smaller on better pieces of close by pieces of land, but much better pieces of land, much closer to the highway much smaller, much easier to, um, you know, add utilities and, and get them ready for development. And it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison. I mean, it's more like apples to orangutans. <laughs> and we could tell that these, and maybe he's doing this to set an anchor. It's kind of what we believe. He's trying to set these, you know, these high anchors. And so our plan is to come back eventually with a low anchor. So the last, the last point here, set a low anchor. Um, we kind of did that by just explaining that we could only offer as much as the business model allowed. So, you know, we tried to be trans as transparent as we could. You know, even though, yes, we're using principles and tactics of negotiation, we're not trying to be deceitful. We're not trying to mislead anybody. It's all about honesty, but you want to use human nature and human psychology to your benefits. And those, those things go hand in hand. They're not in opposition to each other. And we just explained to him, like, you know, this is... We're here because of an assignment from the hospital, and they know our numbers, and we want to be—we'll be transparent with you. But we can only afford to pay 
you what this deal allows in terms of what we can develop it, what tenants we can get there to pay us rent. Yeah, and I think and I think another thing when you're talking about that is you know another detail to this project is the hospital owns land just up the street. We don't like it as much, but the cost basis is much better. And so I think we were able to kind of establish the fact that we had options. We do like their site and we we kind of establish ourselves are the ones who can make it win for everybody, right? Where, you know, if he as excited as he was about the prospect of our use on his site, you know, setting that low anchor so he knew like, look, it doesn't matter what our basis is. We can only pay the business model will only allow it to pay, say, thirty dollars a foot in rent, and then you back out of there all of our construction costs, all of our groundwork costs, all of the entitlement improvement permitting costs, and, and fees for consultants. That only leaves X amount of money that we can pay for that land. So, so I think you know I think one of the things going through my mind as we were there was, hey, you know, we really. It needs to seem like, hey, we are we are advocates for everybody to win here. You know, I mean, he everybody's got to work together, and maybe, and we said several times, like maybe maybe there is no path to the finish line here, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if we can only pay what we can pay, and he will only accept what he will accept, like there's a very real shot that there's not that there's not a finish line. <laughs> so the end of the series might be that we have no deal <laughs> from this case, but hopefully not. And yeah, so we got a couple things, challenges right now, like right off the bat. Number one is that, you know, it's several acres, it's several acres, and he made it very clear that he does not want to delineate these acres. He wants to sell it all. He's turned down offers in the past of, of subdividing it. And so we have to be more creative because our assignment doesn't require as many acres as he is trying to sell. That's number one. Number two, is this is a good old boy. I mean, we went there and there was no email address for this guy. He doesn't actually, when we were there, we found out he doesn't use email at all. So in trying to, because we had to get the drawings of the site and the site plan and we didn't have them. And so we had to email his uh, one of his employees in order to get these. And there, and Which we still haven't received. And yeah, and yeah, still haven't received it. And so we have to, there's all these things. So there's, you know, there's the age of of the guy, the amount of the time that this land, they've been trying to get rid of it. They haven't gotten rid of it, which shows you something. It's not listed publicly, but they've been wanting to sell it for a long time. They haven't been able to. The fact that they, they won't split it up, and then the difficulties in the physical communication doing this, you know, we're in the East Coast, we're in Orlando, this is happening in the Midwest. So we have a lot of things, and there's also a high price value in this guy's head. So a lot of things that we're simultaneously working to overcome. Now moving forward, our strategies are to continue to use these principles so we will set a deadline because you know a lot of times we're told don't set a deadline your counterpart will use that to take advantage of you but in this case i mean time is ticking and these these deals take a lot even after you get the property i mean the developments um you know building it out to to suit and then getting all of the working parts of these massive organizations that have to cut through all this red tape i mean it takes literally a year so we really are coming under the the timeline so we're going to use that uh, in our negotiation to apply pressure and also the other thing because he dropped I, I forgot actually that third black swan which is about the college that he that he went to and so sometimes when you set a low anchor when you give them a low uh, extreme point you can give them an unrelated gift afterwards and creates the goal is that it would create a feeling of reciprocity so after our extreme price drop anchor which we're planning on doing 
then we can send him a gift from his college, his alma mater, <laughs> um, in order to continue building rapport and uh, continue the relationship going. So that's kind of where we stand right now. Um, we're still waiting on the designs. Uh, it's still very much in the air. But we will create a um, another episode updating you guys on the progress after our next interaction with him, which is what, what is going to be our next interaction? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, today the plan is once we receive some of the plans, we did get, uh, I had a follow-up call after meeting with him with someone from the economic development department there. They did forward over some of the plans around that site. So we may have enough, but we need to get a site plan together, which would lead us to creating an initial budget and then subsequently another fly out to Texas meeting to sit with him and and go over our kind of plan for the project, ultimately what it's going to cost to build that plan, what those tenants can pay in rent, and therefore if we or anybody else, I mean, because I think that's where we really have to establish, like, look, it's it's not because we're greedy, we need to make millions of dollars developing this project. If anybody builds this, these are what these people will pay in rent. These are all of our costs, therefore whether it's us or anybody else, it's going to take this basis to get it done. Period. It's it's really that simple, you know. Right. Yeah. If you you know, it comes down to if you want to sell this property in the next ten years, these are going to be the terms. Yeah, and so whether I think, it's us or anybody else. Yeah, and I, you know, just thinking out loud, you know, I don't know, you know, for a lot of people, when you look at the time value of money in the way his land continues to appreciate, right now, right now, it's got its maximum value. I mean, he owns. He owns the next best undeveloped lot right there, right? But ultimately, that's not going to stop progress, right? So if he waits, progress will happen around it. We will move on a different site. Everybody else that would go here will move on a different site, and he'll miss his shot, right? And then understanding the opportunity cost of, hey, you know, a million dollars to me today versus a million five to me in 10 years is very different, right? It's not a linear equation right because that money that i can collect today and invest over time you know for some period has significant value so and that's a good point you make which is another principle that we're going to stress which is loss aversion so people will actually take more um, steps to avoid a loss than they will to ensure a gain and so pointing that out of what's at stake what you have to lose i think is going to be another crucial point into getting this deal done yeah the other the other last thing i'll say is uh in in relation to the next meeting is and he had referenced if you remember while we were there probably the next meeting we'll have uh because sophisticated real estate development is not what he does uh he'll have his attorney there and hopefully um hopefully that gentleman is more aware uh of what our projects are like and therefore will understand better what we present and as they communicate following the meeting, you know, can hopefully reinforce, yeah, you know, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. So so hopefully our next uh, installment of this series will be us wrapping up. A- yeah, well, this will be a bunch of mellow, like, <laughs> well, this is what we did. This is what we tried. Made this progress, you know, one step forward, two steps back, and then three steps forward, one step back. I mean, this is the type of deal where um, – we need to complete it fast, but it's going to have a lot of ups and downs and bumps in the roads before we make it to the yep. goal line. So this is what's going on behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, we want to give you guys an in-depth look. You know, when you see these buildings, these massive buildings getting 
developed or built and you wonder how they happen i mean these are the, these are the conversations that are happening behind closed doors so yeah, you like I, it and when you see land that's sitting there and it's like why is nothing there right this is why yeah so if you like what you hear you know <laughs> let us know share comment like and um, we'll see you guys on the next episode if you need help finding the perfect location for your practice or you're ready to invest in commercial real estate email us podcast at leadersre.com that's podcast at leadersre re as in real estate.com or go to www.leadersre.com and fill out our form see you next time